This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 238 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Um, just with Reese and me. So I know we're we are without Glenn. He is really busy this week, getting ready for the holidays, and I'm sure everybody's really busy. Yeah, I mean You're this really is just busy. a crazy busy time of year. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it I, is. I've been, I've been, you know, personally, I've been everywhere, and uh, we had the all host episode recording, and I totally missed that, which is I I'm feeling know. terrible about that. So jeez. Well, next week, yes, Philip, I was able to to carry it next week um i represented dressage uh yeah, without you it was great. very sad but um it, it'll be a great episode that'll be on next week to celebrate the holidays and it's a really fun episode um it's when we get together with all the hosts of the other shows and it was actually this year very orderly um sometimes not, not quite as crazy as the last year yeah i mean you have <laughs> you know you have eight co-hosts on that everybody's you know wants to talk and it was yeah, really good it to, was, we're all used to having our own shows and we yeah, we can talk whatever we want. But uh, yeah, no. So that'll be great. And then that gives us a little time with the holiday uh, to spend it with our families, which will be great. So, Philip, what do you have? Uh, your first Merry Christmas. <laughs> I love it. What are you Mer- and Meredith doing next week? Uh, well, we're heading up to Ottawa, where her family is from, and they live, and so, uh, so we're going to have a little family Christmas, you know? So, Oh, that'll be great. And Meredith's family, you know, we had the pleasure of meeting them at the wedding, and they're so nice, yeah, so that should really be fun. Yeah, really fun, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, you know, it's just been a lot of traveling for me lately. And we're just... You've been really, you've been really busy. <laughs> you have, for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hoping to settle down for a few days over the holidays, and then back to... Um, so riding some training in the new year. And, uh, <laughs> Back to it, right? Yeah, looking forward yeah. to meeting, you know, hopefully uh, working towards some goals for the next year and uh, Excellent. And, and trying not to freeze to death. So that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm trying not to freeze to death here too. My goodness. Oh, today, actually, today was a very nice day. I, I, it was 60, 60 degrees. It was oh, great. Wow. I know. It was, yeah. it was crazy. And then, you know, that's Kentucky. It'll get to be 60 degrees and then it'll be 20, you know, Monday. Yeah. So, but, oh, well, well at oh, least well. the horses up, up and down. There. That's the way it goes. Yeah. I have to tell you, Reese, um, you know, I just got back from Las Vegas and I didn't know this yes. when I went. And I think Glenn told us, well, told me last week that it was uh, National Rodeo Finals on in uh, <laughs> Las Vegas. I yep. have never seen so many cowboy hats <laughs> and giant bell buckles in my life. <laughs> I bet not. <laughs> I it bet was not. wild. It was really wild. It just, you know, it was, uh, I was picturing the, the old West or maybe, uh, old Las Vegas, you know, with, yeah, um, no. you know, all these, uh, <laughs> all these, uh, cowboy boots and, and cowboy <laughs> So that was really fun. That was, Did you uh, join in the fun? That's what I want to know. I, I didn't get over to the, to the, uh, I think they were having it at the Thomas and Mac center, you know, where they oh, had yeah, the yeah. World yep. Cup finals the... and stuff. Yes. And, uh, yes. I, you know, I didn't get over there, but I mean, they were playing. Barrel racing and bull riding on every single TV everywhere. So, uh, <laughs> How fun! It was a little wild. Oh. Yeah, it was a little bit of you know a little bit of horsey connection there. Yeah, a little horsey. I love it. It was good. Oh, that's great. That's great. Very. So cool. this week we have a little bit of some exciting news about uh, Global Dressage Forum North America. They've come yes. on as kind of we're we're forming a little bit of a partnership to uh, help advertise the event and just uh, you know get the information out there about this uh, this wonderful thing. So. Uh, um, 
and we're going to be able what's to going on yeah. the show today. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be able, you and I are going to go and we're really looking forward to that. So we'll be able to, we're going to lead up to it in February. It's in mid-February when uh, we're going to need a break from the cold (laughs) for sure. And it's really a neat event um, that I'm looking forward to going to. So uh, it's going to be my little dressage vacation. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Professional development, right? Yes. Well, and, and as we all know, it is really important. And uh, it, it'll be that time of the winter that we'll, I'll need a little. I'll need a little inspiration. And um, so that'll be great. So sounds, yeah, really like fun. So today to we that. have Andrea Stano, the executive director, on to talk uh, all about Global Dressage Forum North America. So uh, exactly. I guess we have a little bit of news to come up with. You know, we've been a little we bit do. lax on our dressage news, but there there was big news happening this last week. I yeah. know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, there was. And as we all know, I love Charlotte Dijonet and Vallegro. They set the freestyle world record at a 93.975%, um, which is unbelievable. unbelievable. I mean, I, I mean the speechless. previous record holder was uh, was Totalist, Edward Gall and Totalist. Yeah, and, and, and I don't remember been... his score, but it, it wasn't even close to a 93. It was, I think, high 80s. No, but, I um, it was 91. Was it okay? I'm glad you remember. I couldn't remember. And um, too, but anyways, I mean, now she holds the record oh, yeah. for the Grand Prix, <gasps> the Grand Prix yep. special, and now the Grand Prix freestyle. Yep. So I mean, it's exciting oh. times in dressage because it the is. Old records, you know, we're not falling that easily every other mm-hmm. year, and now we've Mm-mm. got some fantastic riders, these amazingly bred, amazingly trained horses, and uh, yep. and we're seeing a lot of excitement happen. So and uh, that is worth to Google it. I mean, that's worth to you know go on YouTube. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the video is Watch everywhere. And, and, but I mean, uh, Edward Gall and Undercover put a wonderful ride in. I mean, it huh? wasn't like she was all on her own. She was nope. you know really <laughs> you know pushed by some wonderful rides. You know, all at the top of the sport, and yeah. Uh, and here's Edward again on another horse. So, yeah. um, he's really he's unbelievable. Unbelievable, he really is. He can just keep churning them out. Um, so <laughs> exciting news! Awesome. Is, it's fun. Eh? I think it's really fun yeah. Too. It's, an, it's and, and now fun. with all this new technology, being able to watch videos easily. Mm-hmm. You know, downloading in thirty seconds, and um, yeah. this is great. So. Yeah. So take some time and take a look at those guys because it, it is it is worth your worth your time. So after this commercial break, we are going to talk with Andrea Steno um, a little bit more. And we're going to hear all kinds of information about the uh, Global Dressage Forum North America. Happy holidays to all the listeners of the Horse Radio Network from your friends at Kentucky Performance Products. Kentucky Performance Products cares about the health of your horses and knows you do too. May you and your horses and ponies have a very happy and healthy holiday season and a fun equine-filled new year. From all of us at Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, it is truly our pleasure today to have Andrea Stano, executive producer of the Global Dressage Forum North America, on the show. Andreas, welcome. Uh, thank you for having us. Well, we are really excited because we are doing a bit of a partnership together, and Philip and I are going to come to the forum and in February, and we can't wait. Well, uh, you know, uh, we're very happy about that, and uh, you know, this is what the forum is all about: is uh, people from across the country to be able to, you know, be part of it, to come to it, and have an experience. So, I'm very happy that you're coming. 
Well, we can't wait. So, Andreas, we're going to start asking some questions so you can just introduce our listeners to what's going to happen. So uh, can you share with us what inspired you to organize this event for the North American continent? Um, well, I wanted to create an educational event that was in its own way climatic for a dressage education and also beneficial for all serious dressage riders, but, you know, still for a forum to be lots of fun and uh, in a warm climate that we all enjoy during the winter. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, the inspiration basically came to me just as a natural next step forward for the development of dressage education. You know, in, in all the past years, the concept of one or two clinicians addressing an audience in a riding arena has basically now developed into um, a, a, a theater type of environment, which was the creation of the um, GDFNA, we call it for short, uh, presenting, you know, in a, in a time frame of two full days, 22 of the world's top dressage educators and uh, you know for a dressage writer to witness these people working together on stage and sharing their lifelong experiences you know it's really uh, it's an exciting uh, thing for any dedicated writer um, so that's basically it was just a nat natural step forward for dressage education well, it, uh, it sounds amazing. Maybe, Andreas, you could tell us which organizations officially recognize the GDFNA and how is the forum going to be different than attending other, another clinic or, or a symposium? Right. Um, well, the GDFNA is officially recognized by um, the opening ceremonial presence of uh, USDF President George Williams, and the USDF has been instrumental in, um, in being part of the forum and uh, supporting this forum. Also, Dressage Canada will be represented by uh, Desi <laughs> Yay, Billingham. Yay, Philip! Yay, Canada, yep. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of Canadians coming down to this forum, which is, that's very exciting. So Desi uh, Dillingham will be coming to give an update speech on the on the state of dressage in Canada along with George Williams and also uh, the Dressage Foundation is sending Judith Noon to give an update on the Dressage Foundation's activities and goals and um, the other important thing is that um, the forum is like a stage theater type of setting where one can become absorbed in a very you know, interesting and intense two-day program with arena demonstrations, with lectures, with discussions and debates uh, between some of the world's most famous and successful dressage trainers and educators. And, um, um, you know, it's um, the, the, all the GMOs are involved, like uh, New England Dressage Association, Wisconsin Dressage and Combined Training Association, uh, Georgia Dressage and Combined Training Association, the New England Dressage uh, Association. Um, they're all part of it. They're all um, sending people to be part of the organization. And, um, you know, so it's a, it's a gathering of... Uh, a variety of GMOs across the country who are, you know, part of this experience, part of the presentation. And um, so there's a lot of people involved. It's not just us who are putting our own little private forum. This is uh, basically a unified effort by various GMOs across the nation 
the United States Dressage Federation, Dressage Foundation, Dressage Canada. Um, it's all a unified effort. So that's wonderful. I mean, truly, yeah. that's. I mean, that's also what we're doing here on the show. I mean, we can only share information, so that's why we're so excited about the program. Yes. So. So, Andreas, another question for you. Can you, um, you've announced that they are presenting 10 panelists as part of the program. Can you explain to us what the purpose of these panelists is? Well, um, yes, we have uh, 10 panelists on stage, and each panel consists of uh, five people. And uh, when the star clinician finishes his or her speech or demonstration in the arena, uh, the panelists ask uh, up to three questions, perhaps if time allows even more, as to you know what they just saw happen in the arena. Uh, the questions are for the exploration of these you know of these clinicians' theories about their approaches, about their philosophies and their personal experiences, and uh, the audience also. Uh, has a chance to ask questions directly to the clinicians or to any one of the panelists. So, you know, it's a very interactive forum. Um, the audience is involved. The panelists get a chance to ask the clinicians about things that they just saw in the arena uh, as demonstrations uh, to satisfy their curiosities or if they have questions about things that they just saw about the horse, about the way the clinician did things or the way that he explained things. So that's basically the purpose of the panelists. I think that's really great for, you know, just adding to the education of everyone involved. To uh, I think that's a different idea than, than traditional clinics or, or just, um, you know, straight up, uh, just straight lecture. So yeah. I'm, really, well, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what kind of questions are, are out there and, and how, uh, you know, everybody brings their own experience to the, yeah, to well, the forum. You know, we all have the common goal, which, which is to have a happy, healthy horse during the progress of his training and yet everyone has different approaches everyone has a different way of going about it and this is really what makes everyone so unique so by a clinician having a demonstration in the arena after doing a speech on stage you know then we have a chance as an audience to have questions from somebody else's point of view who has a very intense experience uh, with dressage training and developing riders. So with, you know, by having the panelists on stage asking questions from their own point of view or from their own point of curiosity, it expands the knowledge of the audience because we can have, you know, different points of view of how th people think and how they see things. And, but of course, it all leads to the same common goal, which is to have a happy, healthy horse enjoying and willing in his training. Now, Andreas, for those who maybe can't attend the event in Florida, will the GF, uh, GDFNA be available on the Internet? Well, um, this is um, one of our prime goals, is to have the forum not just uh, as an event that just happens and disappears. Of course, not everyone can come to Florida to attend in person, even though that is the best experience. But, you know, for those people who are living across the country, uh, we have, you know, we present through our sponsor, dressageclinic.com, who's our uh, online uh, educational uh, 
presenter of the forum. They also presented it last year. And uh, people can get on dressageclinic.com and be able to watch the entire sequence of the forum, which is something like 16 hours. <laughs> uh, so wow. they, can, yeah, they can actually see each session independently. And uh, so it is going to be online and it's going to be available all year round. So this is a, you know, an added value for everyone to enjoy and, ex- and benefit from. Yeah. Ah, super. I'm excited that we can go back and look after, you know, sometimes when you go, it's even hard to see everything. So to have that option is phenomenal. Well, you know, repetition yes. is, is, you know, effective repetition is one of the success, successful points of learning to be a better writer. So even when somebody is there listening and watching live, it's so beneficial to actually be able to go back and listen and see that same training session. And we, we suggest to everyone that don't just watch it once. Watch each session several times because each time you watch a session, you'll always discover new things that you didn't hear from the previous time you saw it. You'll see new things. You'll hear new things. And, you know, that's part of the learning experience is repetition. So... By having it available online, people can go back and reference things that they heard and reference things that they saw and always discover new things. So that's important. Super. So, Andreas, tell us about the clinicians and lecturers and why you've chosen these particular ones. Um, you know, it's always a very difficult choice to choose uh, people to attend the forum because there's so many people around the world who has such intense experience and success. So, you know, what I wanted to choose, what I wanted to do was choose clinicians that I thought have exceptional talent and exceptional success in the training and development of dressage horses. Uh, These are people that I have worked with through the years and I know that they are true examples of correct dressage. Uh, We have 10 clinicians who are all unique in their own right. Uh, For example, Stephen Clark will be with us with uh, arena demonstrations and panel interaction. Um, From Sweden, we will have uh, Jan Brink, who's one of the world's top international riders, Uh, one of the world's top educators for dressage and classical dressage. Conrad Schumacher will be there doing um, onstage presentation. We're very excited for this year to have a very special man, Eckhart Miners. Uh, who is the creator of the Belimo seat. And uh, he will be doing an onstage presentation with Christoph Hess. Now, uh, just a few points about Eckhart Mainers. He is not so well known in North America, but in Europe, he is a superstar in the dressage world. Every German writer who graduates as a writer has gone through the Belimo seat method. And Eckhart Mainers has revolutionized the understanding of the dressage seat with his intense uh, research and explanations. He's, uh, he's very, very, very well known all over Europe and we wanted to actually give him more exposure to the North American audience because uh, the seat and the position of the rider is so vital to uh, any type of success. So after that we have Sweden's uh, Kina Wilhelmsen uh, who will be doing an on-stage presentation with the coach of the um, Swedish Olympic team, Bo Yenna. And then we have six-time Olympian from Canada, Crystalit Bolin, 
who will be doing a presentation with uh, Germany's Udo Lange. And Udo Lange has been one of the most successful German dressage trainers uh, over the past four decades. And um, as for our panelists, we are presenting Charlotte Bredal uh, from California, Volker Broman, we have Kathy Connolly, Pam Goodrich, Anne Gribbons, Arthur Kotas, Leslie Weed, Mette Rosenkrantz, Betsy Steiner, and George Williams, who, you know, we're bringing George Williams not as USDF president. We're bringing George Williams as a rider, as an experienced horseman, and as a very, very, um, you know, experienced dressage trainer. So that's George Williams present on the panel. And uh, for lectures, we are only presenting four lectures over the two-day the two program, and it's Suzanne Van Dietz, who has written... Uh, I think six or seven books on correct writing. We have uh, freestyle expert Terry Gallo who will be doing a lecture and uh, Betsy Steiner will be writing a freestyle during Terry Gallo's lecture so that should be very exciting. Um, we have uh, Sue Leffler who's one of the world's leading experts for uh, centered writing and also we have uh, equine expert Johann Schlese, who will be doing a lecture on, is your horse in pain? Um, it's a lecture on the horse's uh, freedom of movement, on the horse's back, and uh, those are the lectures. So that's a very intense program. It's quite busy. It'll keep everybody uh, hopefully very interested throughout the two-day uh, Wow. I mean, what session. a wonderful lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. All superstars, <laughs> you know, and, and it sounds like a lot of learning is going to be going on. Well, this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to give people a very special experience. Uh, we wanted to give people uh, an opportunity to be able to attend a two-day program where they can just not see just one or two clinicians, but to have an experience of how a large variety of trainers go about training and developing horses and riders. So, yeah, it is, it's busy. But that's the point of it. It's, it's different, it's unique, and this is what makes it unique. So do you think there are any other advantages of having these 10 clinicians? I mean, we just talked about, you know, bringing everyone's experience into it. And, and this is unique, you know, in the, in the world, I think. So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, nothing like this has ever been attempted before, uh, except what we did last year. Uh, um, the Global Dressage Forum in Holland has a wonderful uh, forum, and they present, uh, I believe, two or three or th uh, four clinicians during their two-day program, but nothing like, uh, you know, 22 clinicians and a forum that's specifically focused on dressage education. Um, this is what gives the opportunity to experience, you know, uh, different people from different educational backgrounds with different approaches to training, but all with, as I said, with a common goal. And um, to develop dressage horses and riders to this, uh, you know, to this highest level of performance, uh, is an experience and, uh, you know, it's a phenomenal mixture of panelists and lecturers and clinicians interacting with each other. And, uh, you know, we must never forget that 
education is what gives us success. And education is something that never ends in its process. Um, at least for the truly successful writers and trainers and dressage edu enthusiasts, education is an ongoing, never-ending experience. So, well said. I love yeah, that. Well yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think so is I'm when we stop teaching ourselves is when we stop becoming better. So... And, and I think, you know, in, in Philip, in my case, you know, we're not going to be in Wellington and to be able to come down and see this many clinicians over such a short period of time is great because it think, gets yeah, us in the sun. That's a huge advantage because we mm -hmm. don't have to spend six weeks there to see six different clinics. We, I think we're going to just experience all these different people and get lots of ideas all at once. I think that's, that's uh, economically viable. So I think that's, that's yeah. another point to be made. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, Andreas, tell us about the 2014 um, Global Dressage Forum North America Lifetime Dressage Achievement Award. Uh, yeah. So, um, for the Lifetime Dressage Achievement Award, um, you know, a lifelong dedication to the training and development of dressage horses and riders is something that, you know, I think should be awarded to every individual. When each of us dedicate our whole lives to becoming better and better in our dressage riding is something that really deserves to be uh, awarded. But, you know, every life-dedicated rider, as I said, deserves this award. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to point out individuals who have not only dedicated their life to dressage, but also people who stood out as examples and not just you know, for their exceptional horsemanship. But we wanted to choose people who had a lot to offer and who became actually examples of hope for young developing dressage riders. So this year, we're offering the 2014 Lifetime Dressage Achievement Award to Stephen Clark, who is uh, a gentleman who is, you know, for his... He has a tremendous life, a successful life as a trainer, as a teacher, as an educator, as a judge. And um, we couldn't, have, you know, for this year, it was not an easy decision because there's a variety of other people that also deserve it. But this year we chose it for Stephen Clark and we're very honored to have him there with us. Um, last year we gave the award to Klaus Balkenhall. And... Um, that was a wonderful experience, and this year it's Stephen Clark. So our goal is to choose people who have become hope for young developing riders as well as having a successful life themselves. Excellent. I mean, it's, it's wonderful to be able to, um, to recognize this in, in the trainers that are around, and uh, Stephen Clark, I've, I've attended clinics by him. He's overwhelmingly positive and and uh, helpful and instructive. So, uh, and but, he's I'm a glad. very talented speaker, also. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Judge, so it'd be wonderful to see yeah. him and and, and to, for him to get this award. That's and judge he he when he's at sea, he always winks at you when you go by, <laughs> or he does me, and it just always is so nice. He's so nice, and you just feel like okay, he's on my side. I hope I don't mess up, but you know, he gives you that feeling. Yeah, so many so many writers have told me 
that they feel he's the most fair judge in the world. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know. Yeah, and, and like we said, uh, that he's there to, to help writers and to, to not be because super cares. critical, but to be yes. fair and, and to good. Be, I, that's all we want. Just give me fair. <laughs> so, he, yeah. he, he wants to be fair and he cares. He cares for Josh yes. writers. He, you know, this is, this is something really wonderful. And, and this is why perhaps he is FEI, Josh Judge General. Yes. Right. And yes. um, right. I couldn't think of any other person who deserves this position more than Stephen Clark. So we're very happy. Yeah, fantastic. Right. So, Andreas, moving on, maybe you can tell us about the educational uh, partners for this forum. Um, well, when I created this forum, I had in mind to involve as many GMOs or dressage federations as possible. Uh, so that these GMOs would receive more nationwide expo- exposure. Um, I wanted to bring awareness to the important work that these GMOs have done for their own members and for their own regions. And um, the USDF, for example, has offered so much for education. So we wanted to, as you know, as much as many people are aware that the USDF does so much for education, we wanted to actually put a stamp on it. But it's not just the USDF. The New England Dressage Association is one of the country's leading organizers for clinics, uh, for example, with their um, annual dressage fall symposium. Uh, Wisconsin's uh, Dressage and Combined Training Association holds valuable clinics and symposiums every year, as well as the California Dressage Society. Uh, Georgia's uh, Georgia Dressage and Combined Training Association. They do clinics all the time. They invite people all the time. They're dedicated for education. Uh, Illinois Dressage and Combined Training Association. They just held a fantastic clinic with Jan Brink uh, just uh, a month and a half ago, two months. And, uh, you know, we wanted to bring these GMOs in the spotlight for what they do throughout the year, during the year. Um, a lot of things that they do, you know, are very quickly forgotten. And we just want to keep reminding people that these GMOs are instrumental to our survival as dressage riders. So it's not just the Global Dressage Forum North America. These GMOs have partnered with us because they believe in education. They're dedicated to education. They realize the value of what we're trying to do and they've come and joined us. So, you know... We need to give more credit to these federations. So, and also we give a, a discount to all their members for tickets to help people to join. So, you know, I believe GMOs are very, very, they're the backbone to the educational structure of our continent. So we just wanted to give them more presence. That's that's great, and and a benefit to all the members of those GMOs. So that's that's a fantastic idea, Andreas. Exactly. The master class program. What is that? Can you tell us a little more about that? Well, the um, the Global Dressage Forum North America master class program that we are presenting is designed to give dressage riders a once in a lifetime dream to ride with any one of our clinicians that we present in our program. Uh, The days immediately prior to the beginning of the forum, we are holding private one-to-one clinic lessons on the grounds of the Jim Brandon so that 
anyone and everyone who had a, a dream of writing, let's say with Stephen Clark, that they don't get this opportunity, well, here's the opportunity. All, with no discrimination as to the level of the horse, as to the level of themselves. They can be a beginning rider, no problem. If you've wanted to have the experience of having a private lesson with Crystalit Bolin or with Jan Brink or with uh, Stephen Clark or any one of our clinicians with Arthur Cotas, here's your chance to do so. And, um, you know, uh, last year, for example, we had Ingrid Klimka and we had a seven year old girl who came with her pony. <laughs> and, you know, and a girl who came with her pony and she had a complete riding lesson with Ingrid Klimka. And then, the, you know, they were taking pictures with the mother and the father with Ingrid. Mm-hmm. And you know what? To a seven-year-old girl, this is going to stay with her for the rest of her life. For a 33-year-old girl. What about a 32-year-old guy from Canada? (laughs) There again, you know, we give opportunity to experienced Grand Prix riders or St. George riders or any type of level rider to come and have an opportunity to ride with our clinicians. And, um, um, you know, um, for them just take my sheet because I can't remember everything by heart. So we have Eckhart Mainers and Christoph Hess who are giving a three-day clinic on February 12th, 13th, and 14th. Uh, we have Stephen Clark who's presenting uh, lessons on the Thursday and Friday, immediately prior to the beginning of the forum. And uh, then we have, you know, Kristalit Boland, we have Conrad Schumacher, we have Tivina Wilhelmsen with Bo Yenna together. So riders can have the experience of actually having both clinicians give them this private session. We also have Arthur Cotas who will be presenting lessons. So, you know, it's, an, it's a fest. That's why I like to call it a festival of education. And um, three days prior to the forum, there'll be clinics being held simultaneously in all the rings of the Jim Brandon. And then after all this is finished, we go into this two-day forum. So, wow. you know, it's... I don't know. Wow. For me, as a dressage rider, <laughs> I think it's great, you know, because, yeah. uh, you know, so. It sounds, uh, it sounds fantastic. So maybe you can give us uh, the website for more information and, of course, ticket purchase. Um, for, um, for more information um, on our forum, you can go to www.globaldressageforumna.com. That's Global Dressage Forum, NA.com. And um, there, you, you know, there's lots of information about the two day program and the time schedule. There's uh, information about tickets. And, um, you know, for the Christmas holidays, we are offering a 20% discount on tickets with a promotional discount code, which is in capital letters Xmas, X like X ray, M A S. So by using this uh, promotional code, you can get uh, 20% off tickets, which I think is very helpful. And uh, uh, what, was, what was the other, the other part of your question, Philip? Oh, it's just, uh, just about ticket purchases on the same website, correct? Yeah. 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 You can Great. get tickets Great. on the website, and uh, we have host hotels. Uh, the Hilton Palm Beach uh, Airport Hotel is um, uh, uh, one of our host hotels. We also have the Holiday Inn Airport in West Palm Beach and the York Courtyard Marriott Airport Hotel in West Palm Beach. These hotels are giving uh, special reduced group rates. And uh, for those of you who are, you know, for 
traveling long distances and we have people coming in from everywhere. We have a group coming in from Sweden. We have uh, some people actually coming in from Hawaii. We have uh, many, many people coming in from all, all parts of Canada, California. So it might be helpful for all these people to find accommodations at a reduced price. And uh, there's a telephone for this. Um, you can call uh, area code 561-293-2490 and ask for Sandy. She will give personal assistance for hotels or any type of um, travel accommodations, etc. And uh, also, if people want to call our customer support helpline for the GDFNA, we're uh, available 24-7. And that's uh, area code 561-909-7621. And we're here to help anyone with any type of question they might have about tickets, about seating arrangements, or the program, or anything they need. We're um, on standby. Ah, super. Well, Andreas, thank you so much for taking time today to explain to us all about the forum. And we look forward in the next month and a half or uh, two months that we're going to keep getting together and have some of the presenters on so we can keep the energy alive. And we are also here at the show dedicated to education. So we're glad that we're able to work together. And uh, Philip and I are really looking forward to coming down for a few days and, and seeing everyone. So thank you, Andreas, and have a great holiday season. I thank you for having me. Merry Christmas to you and to everyone, and Happy New Year. Well, this is really going to be an exciting event. I'm so looking forward to it. I mean, uh, and to see you, Reese, down, you know, just to know, get together get and visit in Florida and, and stuff like that. So uh, um, we're going to continue to have segments about Global Dressage Forum North America. So look for those, um, you know, every week. Hopefully we're going to get some of the presenters on to tell us about their uh their training philosophies and education and stuff. So uh, this is great for the show. I mean, we get get a little bit of content and and then hopefully we'll bring you uh, you know all the news from the event after it happens and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know really looking forward to this. this Me too. Really good. Um, yeah. After this after this commercial break, we're gonna bring you uh, a trainer tip. It's just Reese and I this week, but uh, hopefully we can answer some listener questions and uh, get to those before the end of the year and uh, you know finish off with that. Top dressage horses are like athletes. There's a whole team of people involved in their training. From it's time for the Dressage Radio Show Weekly Training Tip, brought to you by Fleeceworks. Designers and manufacturers of top quality pure Australian merino wool saddle pads and accessories for your equine teammate. Fleeceworks manufactures pure Australian merino sheepskin and merino wool saddle pads and accessories. Their pads produce a vital thermal balancing layer to pull excess moisture and heat away from the horse's back, allowing muscles to work at maximum capacity without overheating. Fleeceworks Australian merino wool is breathable and hydrophilic, able to hold and store 35% of its own weight in liquid. A longtime staple of the medical field, Australian merino fibers have no equal when it comes to delivering a temperature-controlled, pressure-absorbing layer. The Fleeceworks philosophy, minimum bulk, maximum performance, and they have a variety of anatomically correct pads incorporating technologies and designs that address the individual needs of every horse and rider. Ask for Fleeceworks saddle pads and accessories by name at your local tack and feed store or visit them online at fleeceworks.com. So, like I said, we have a, uh, an email from a listener uh, for our trainer tip 
question. Um, I guess we'll just get right to it. What do you think, Reese? Yeah, super. Let's go. All right. She <laughs> says, I have a six-year-old off-the-track thoroughbred mare who came off the track three years ago and then when was in a vet school study. So she's really just beginning her sport ed- sport horse education. I'm planning to bring her along as a jumper, but at the moment we're very much focusing on the basics of flat work, which we love. Right, Reese? Uh, that's us. Every, everybody <laughs> that's needs a little in. flat work, right? Yeah, that's where we come in. <laughs> but she says they're only about 60 days in. The, her question is about how she prefers to carry herself. She says that the horse loves to stretch her nose on the ground in the walk and trot. Uh, when she does so, she is relaxed and comfortable and her stride improves. However, sometimes she has to stretch, stretch at odd times. She's, um, this listener is getting conflicting advice on, on this problem. Uh, some people, including jumper and dressage trainers, say to let her stretch any time that she wants um, because it's good for her top line and shows she relaxed. Others say that she should not be allowed to stretch um, only when she gives the rider gives permission. Um, she tried that and found that she asked to stretch and isn't allowed to. She kind of curls behind the bit, which you know isn't good either. Um, right. So she asked for recent eyes thoughts on this. I guess more more information uh, is better. Um, and the other thing about this email is that she actually sent us a little video, which is uh, helpful for us to Super to look at the problem. Um, it's not so helpful, you know, in a radio format, but uh, um, you know, maybe we can talk about you know how the horse went a little bit, Reese, and then what you think, and and uh, sure. go from there for our trainer tip. Yeah, no, that that would be great. And and this is a problem. You know, we get a lot of off the track thoroughbreds, obviously here in Lexington in Lexington area. That's a, a huge population of horses that I work with, um, here. And, and we, uh, if you ever want, you can, or need to find a relatively inexpensive horse, we usually have them here because of that, because of the racetrack and people want to rehome them. And a lot of my off the track thoroughbreds are venters. Um, so they're coming to me already, maybe not with as much enthusiasm about the dressage phase as I would have. Um, but that's what they're coming for. So uh, this horse was a pretty typical, um, racehorse type or, or off the track thoroughbred, you know, she didn't look too tense in the video, but she just wasn't connected. And, you know, that is an issue with racehorses because they're taught, you know, when you have connection with a racehorse, they run. <laughs> so right. sometimes so when you take up a little bit of that contact, uh-huh. they think, okay, let's go faster and faster and faster. So it can create a lot of tension. Right, exactly. And and that was kind of what was happening with this horse. And she also in the video and and again it was it was a it was a clip, so it was hard to kind of uh see but she wasn't she wasn't reaching that well for the connection. And that was a big issue for this horse. She didn't want to I didn't really see in the clip much stretching at all. Did you, Philip? I mean it seemed like that the horse was stretching at um at a particular time that you know at particular locations and then other times not really stretching mm-hmm. so i mean there i th- there was stretch there but it was definitely not consistent enough to mm-hmm. say that this horse is using the stretch as a as a connection tool um i think it was you know what i would say was a little bit of a an evasive stretch i mean definitely mm-hmm. you know the nose down to the buckle and and really you know kind of long and low but it it seemed to me like the rider didn't have much control when the horse was stretching or really how, right? Because I, I think, yes. you know, in stretching, you want to be able to create different degrees of stretch, right? And it right. seems for this horse, um, kind of an all or nothing 
uh, right. situation. And, and I, I think that's, that's a bit of an issue. That's a bit of a Yeah. Problem. And I think that's probably why she's getting conflicting responses. Oh, well, let her stretch. No, no, let her stretch. And I kind of liked what you said about the consistency. I want to see it, see the mayor be consistent in general. You know, that was, she was sort of bouncing all over the connection. Yeah. It was and that, a little bit more than a little bit less, you know, just, yeah. or, and, and some nothing at all. And so, you know, so, um, and that again, is a like problem. the writer has That's not a, a lot of control about right. you know, where the horse is placing herself. So, yeah. So, you know, Philip, what would you, what would be your kind of way of dealing with that in the connection with that issue? Um, I mean, it's, it's a very, uh, green horse. So, yes. You know, you, it's very tricky to kind of, you got to kind of try and figure out what's the best way to approach the problem rather than a horse that's, you know, already kind of trained. And um, because what you don't want to create is a lot of more attention. I think the horse is going well for for her education. You know, uh, the rhythm was okay and everything, you know, the yes. horse seemed happy to be working. And, yep. and so I think as you, um, as you want to develop this horse, one thing that I might try right away is... Um, is putting the horse on the lunge line with some not too tight side reins, but some side reins. Yeah, yeah. That gives, some, that gives uh, yep. a horse an idea of um, you know a consistent contact, or at least the the bit being in a certain place that that mm-hmm. you are not interfering with with a rider, and that just things are you know pretty simple. As back to basics a little bit, as simple as possible. Here's the bit. You know, here's a little bit of contact. Um, you know, what's and it, that that's in a kind of an evaluation tool and kind of a, a starting point for almost every horse. I think with the, the thoroughbreds off the track, they know how to be ridden a lot of times and they know a little right. bit about the bit and a bit about steering. I like to just bring them back, you know, right to as if they hadn't been back before and just play with a few things that I would with a very green two or three year old just to kind of see where you're at and, and how they're going to react to the, the side reins and a little bit of contact. And like I said, bring it right back to basics. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's a starting point. And then the, the, yes. the next thing, you know, the next step to that is just as you as you get off the, the lunge line and you introduce the rider, that the riders, um, the rider becomes very consistent, kind of very similar to the side rein, you know, not too tight with the contact, but real consistency. So the horse knows where the rider's at. I mean, if the horse is trying to stretch and the rider throws away the reins and then the horse is throwing the head up and then the rider's got to gather them back up, that creates not a super consistent idea and picture for the horse and then basically the horse just is doing what it's want what it wants to do and and the rider is just um a passenger so i think that's that's a starting point um you know by using these tools to kind of evaluate what's going on i'd have to kind of go from there with the training but uh, yeah no i think that's a really i think that that's what you do and and i think it's interesting because when my students sometimes say well how how do you come up with the process of, of working with that horse? Well, the way you just did it is what trainers do. You know, you want to be able to go back and say, okay, yes, this horse was ridden, but he was ridden for a very different purpose uh, as a racehorse. And then it was at vet school. And, you know, I mean, this horse had kind of a history. So I think you have to go back and you and the horse need to speak the same language. So I liked how you said, okay, we're going to go back and we're going to lunge the horse. We're going to start from the beginning and teach the horse like they don't know anything. And then you also started using the scale of training with relaxation, rhythm, then relaxation and connection. Those are your, your, your bottom part of that pyramid and scale of training. And that's how trainers go about training because that's the systematic approach. And I think sometimes you get 
caught up in, oh, he, you know, my trainer said he should stretch and he should stretch. And then why isn't he stretching? And But he's not connection and there's no rhythm. There's no relaxation. So I think that that's a way to go back and figure out where your hole is and how you can train your horse. So I think that that, that would be where I would go back with this horse. Um, to kind of bring it back to, to the stretching, um, and, and this is great. This is just something to remember about the dressage radio show is you can search on our website and see if there have been any um, topics that have been discussed like Yeah, they've been the covered stretch- in the previous show. There's, I mean, this is episode 238. So there's 237 right. um, shows that may have covered a similar topic. You can just search right. for a keyword or... Um, and so we, we, we actually had a show. Was it yes, last year? We did. We did. It was the, with, the episode sure. Number. Yeah. It was with Tammy Bates, um, from North Carolina and it was, uh, November 29th, 2012. And it was episode 183. And she did a great topic discussion. That was our question was she was coming from a judge's perspective on the stretchy circle and what she looked for. And, and, and it was a, I remembered the interview. I said, oh, Philip, we've got to mention this because yeah. it was a really good interview. It, was, it really described the stretch circle in a, in a really good way. Um, and, and we had and a whole. How the horse should stretch. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. uh, I, I think in this case, it's just that the rider has to dictate the stretch and don't let the horse right. train train you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's, I, I mean, think there's definitely quality in this horse's stretch, and it's going to come along, and it's going to be great. But it can't be a horse's decision to do it now and not do it there, and right. Uh, and it it becomes a little bit, you know, confusing. And, and obviously, this rider is, uh, you know, having a little bit of um, conflicting advice and, and and stuff. So right. Um, yeah, but I think I that's, mean, I think it's, that's it's, a good tip. I think yeah, I yeah. think Reese, you covered all you know all the great points about about this, and uh, and obviously you know you come up with a game plan. If it if it's not working, or you you have to kind of modify that game plan without mm-hmm. getting away from the pyramid, right? And just saying right. okay, exactly, rhythm relaxation, and, and yeah, uh, that's what it's there for, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, great. Well, Philip, that was awesome. And, and I hope that everybody over the holidays, if you have any extra time and, and you want to kind of jump on the website and see if there are any um, questions, um, you know, that can be answered through the through the other episodes we've had, or we always like listener questions. It really, we enjoy getting together. Philip and I spend a little time before the show and go through them. And, and uh, we're just, we're, we're total geeks that way. We love yeah. and the video And the questions. videos, you know, the, you know yeah. to send the video is no problem. We can review mm-hmm. it and, and try our best to describe you know what's going on in the video and and uh you know i'm sure if there's one rider having a problem there's probably two or three thousand others yeah, having the exactly. same problem you know so <laughs> and sometimes i have that problem on several horses too so yeah um and, and the stretches think about it and yeah. talk about it for us and uh yeah and it makes and us that better trainers not you know? easy yeah, I mean, that stretch circle is not easy. I mean, I and it's in training level test one for all of us. So <laughs> it's hard and, and, it, and it becomes, it's, yes. a, it's, a stu- it's a stumbling block for a lot of people. So uh, thank you so much for that. And um, I, Philip, I hope you and Meredith have a great Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, have a very happy holidays. And, yes. Uh, and um, we will be back on everybody. We hope everyone is safe and happy and, and enjoys their time and enjoys their horses in every way that you can. Um, and you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook. Just search for the Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. 
You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody keep your heels down and your shoulders back and have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas season. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light from A merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on troubles will be miles away And here If the fates align